It is the Anfield wrap after what was a phenomenally good game of football, albeit one in which Liverpool did not perform all the way through. I am talking about Manchester City 2, Liverpool 2. Download the app if you haven't done so already for lots of fantastic Anfield wrap bits and pieces all the way through what will now be a thrilling run in full of twists and turns. Also, I'd said the other week, save the date of the 9th of July. Uh, tickets will be on sale this week at some point for us on the 9th of July in London, uh, playing Earth in Hackney. Um, so we're looking forward to that massively 9th of July now normally when I mention we're doing shows somewhere someone always says why aren't you going to come and do shows in my place we're working on a couple of tours across the United States and uh, the UK so there'll be more information on that when we have it uh, we are working away uh, me and Craig Hannon uh, but uh, Hackney uh, Earth uh, 9th of July they finally John found a place big enough for me to feel comfortable playing it's called Earth <laughs> uh, I'll do that joke on the night as well just to be crystal clear um, uh, but that's the way in which it will work anyway let's crack on more jokes like that and by more we mean that joke (laughs) relentlessly that joke Uh, anyway Manchester City 2 Liverpool 2 and it's a cliche, Stu, but it was indeed a game of two halves. Often when you say that, what that means is one team was on top for one half and the other team was on top for the other half. In this instance, it was more that Manchester City were much the better side in the first half. And then the second half, the game was much more evenly split between the two teams and Liverpool managed to get themselves the draw. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't like some kind of a tactical overhaul at halftime or anything like that was that it was very much, I think both teams who, and both managers believing in what they'd set out to do. And I think there was a recognition by by our manager and by, by our players that we just hadn't done it very well we hadn't imposed our will on the game mm. enough in the first half um, and more than anything it was a case of in that second half trying to be more of that um, showing some resilience some perseverance and trying to be braver uh, and, and trying to find a way to stay in the fight not just in the game but to stay in the fight in the season to make this this uh, make them in it keep them honest make them in it and and um, and, and find a way to keep that going because you know it, it, within the first half you know it, it was looking a little bit precarious it was looking precarious Amelia but the flip side is when you when you watch your match of the day or you rewatch the game the keeper makes a great save from Sterling, but yeah. they've got the ball in the back of the net 30 seconds later uh, from, from the way in which that play breaks down. They weren't creating chance after chance. It just always felt like they're just about to create chance after chance. And we couldn't get out and the pressure was relentless from them. It was relentless, yeah. I think the, the periods in which we managed to get the ball for a little bit longer, we look brilliant and we look like we could dominate. We just never quite managed to. And I think the reason that the second half feels so different is that we come out of the block so fast and it's our game that they have to settle into, which is the difference. I think that it took a lot of Liverpool players a lot time to settle into the game if not most of the first half and I felt very grateful to be going into halftime 2-1 down which I wouldn't have said at the start of it but it felt like it was almost like we'd gotten away with it a little bit at points to be going in only 2-1 down into the into halftime and I think the difference is when we managed to 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 dominate and to set the pace it was that we made them settle into our game and I think it was too much the opposite of that in the first half. We didn't, we just didn't seem as confident as I, we said before the sh- before the match that we were probably all a lot more nervous than the Liverpool players were going to be, and that didn't look like the case <laughs> when they came out onto the pitch because even Van Dijk looked rattled, and players that we've really depended on throughout the season to be the absolute spine of the team, wherever you go, whatever situation we're in, kind of when the chips are down, they're always the ones that are just faultless and relentless. It felt a little bit like they were having a bit of a wobble. Even Trent had a bit of a wobble, and that was yeah disconcerting. It was disconcerting that they do have that little bit of a wobble John the one area where they don't have a wobble and this is really interesting you know when you think of other two teams because we said before under the two best teams I maintain that the two best teams is the one area we don't wobble in is in front of goal mm. you know and that's you, where 
absolutely cold-eyed, dead-eyed, cold-eyed, whatever the phrase is, in front of goal. Uh, whatever Stu's feeling right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we are in front of goal. Uh, and that, to me, is, is, you know, it's testament to those footballers, but I think it's also the difference between these sides. If they... they very much have bought into the idea of as much control as they can possibly get out of games. But what that means is they haven't got a clear sort of razor threat. Mm. We're a lot of razor threat, and you get to see it over the course of the match. We get a sniff, we make it happen. And that's why Liverpool end up drawing the game 2-2, and it's why City don't run away with it. Yeah, I think both goals, you know, you see perfect assists and, and perfect finishes. And I think for the first one, I underestimated in the ground both the, the pass from Trent, because I, I, in the ground, I think he's just knocked that across. Where you watch it back and he's, it's a, he's, he's found that pass. It's coming over from Robertson. He knows exactly what he's going to do and it's perfect. And also the Jota finish in the ground, I'm like, oh, keeper's got to save that. And maybe he should do a little bit better, but he but he hits it. He hits exactly where he wants to, Jota. It's hard and low, boom, and it's added to, to get past him, you know, before he's able to do it, you know, Maybe Edison probably, you know, looks back and thinks he maybe could have done better with it. But I think it's a, I think it's the right thing to do, percentage thing to do, sort of from a forward. And and obviously the, the second one, you know, the, the the ball from Salah is just absolutely gorgeous. You know, we know that's got a, he's got that, you know, in him the, the number of assists he's got this season is is absolutely unreal. And and Manny does everything right, mm. and that's not. <laughs> to talk it down because you know so so often in these cases forwards don't do you know what I mean it's, it's probably not it's probably a similar sort of level of chance to the Sterling one but, but Sterling hits the keeper's legs and Manny just goes I know exactly I know I know how this goes in I just do that mm. and, and it goes in and, and it's a great finish just after uh, half time so I think I think both goals you know we deserve a lot of credit for both in terms of you know how they're made and how they're finished because it's it's minimum of nonsense minimum of force but a lot of really good technique and thinking it the question then becomes around opportunities, Amelia, and, and uh, you know, Guardiola's post-match comments suggest he feels as though it's, a, it's an opportunity they've missed out on. He's now very much, this is the reality, we're going to have to win every game, we're up against this team. Do we feel like it's an opportunity missed for us, uh, you know, or do we feel, having now lived through the game, you know what, we'll just take that and we'll all move on? Yeah, and I think it's, it's wrong to, to see it as defeatist. I said at the start I was taking a draw, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing to have said. When you go in to Not play wrong. Manchester City at the Etihad, that I would have absolutely taken a draw when we were 2-1 down. I would have taken a draw. And I just think the kind of the, the courage and the strength of character and the control that it took and the patience as well to be able to go, this is absolutely fine. I think, although there were points where they look rattled they look rattled when they come out but they don't look rattled when we're down they know that they're coming back from it and I think that's a real difference in this Liverpool side to Liverpool sides that we've seen previously but um sorry the question was about um, an opportunity missed and I think that yeah if you were Pep you'd be gutted and I think that they, they both sound I listened to um both of their interviews afterwards again this morning I think they both sound quite chill about it and like it's quite fine but I think it's much more fine for us I think if you'd played as well as they played in the first half and dominated as much as they did you'd be seeing just one point from that at home as a missed opportunity yeah and I also think the thing that felt different this time obviously I wasn't there I was just watching it on the telly but the atmosphere there actually felt a little bit more like what we do to them when they come to us and it's the first time I've really noticed that that obviously it's intimidating to go with it but that's more to do with the side and the prestige of them rather than it is the fan base and the stadium and the atmosphere there so I think that going there and it feeling a bit like fucking hell this is a this is big this like everyone felt like they bought into that atmosphere and I think that will have played a part in kind of how intimidating it felt as well and why they probably should have got a result from it there 
there is there is a thing that you do, Stu, every now and again in football. You actually get the opportunity to look into the abyss and you pull back. I loved asking people before the game whether or not they'd take the draw and everyone was trying to be bullish. <laughs> I, I, I very much enjoyed, slightly ironically, in the pub last night saying to everybody, you took a draw at half-time then. <laughs> there is something to be said, I think, about getting to stare at it and go, that's what this is, that's what this works, but it doesn't eat you. And I think that that's the big deal here is that we haven't been eaten by this. There was, there was a universe where that happens, where we come away from it, it's four points, but it's also four points and you feel as though they've done us, to be quite honest with you. As it is, it's only one point and they haven't done us. Yeah, and I've kind of gone the other way on this as well. I actually think that, um, I think it suits us more. Um, and, and I know that's really counterintuitive. I realised that, you know, there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of pressure, if you like, to go there and win. I think that was the, that was the narrative that Liverpool had to do. But I think if you watch how that game plays out, I think I think if you look in the second half as well, even in those closing stages, don't forget. A draw should be fine for them. It keeps them on top. They are going for the win because they feel like they might need to have this win. Do you know what I mean? I thought um, what was interesting. Yeah. I thought I thought on about sixty, a couple of things happen, and we'll get into sort of breaking it down. But then there's a couple of things that happen that are a bit separate to tactical things. I think first and foremost, they're shattered mm. on sixty, and they're actually, I think, physically we dip about eighty, and that's when they come back into the game. I felt from sixty to eighty, they were just a bit shot. But I also thought, whilst the crowd was massive first half, I thought there was a point second half there about. 60 where you began to get the opposite of that which you sometimes get which is when everyone's looking at each other a bit like don't like how this is playing out now and I thought that began to resonate around the ground and with their players and I think that that bodes very well it does it does it's almost like that that sense of with the amount of fixtures that both teams have got I, there is just that little bit of a sense I think that among City players and maybe City fans that nervousness of, of uh, and maybe it's because they've still got something to lose mm. they've got something to lose and um, and, and you know they, they haven't got that cushion that they wanted but I think there is that little, little bit of nervousness of are we really going to win all seven games? Are we, you know, I know we can, we can do it. We've done it before. Mm. Are we really going to do it? Can we go again against this Liverpool team who we know, like in 2019, will be relentless hunting us down? And I'll tell you what, being the prey, being the one that is hunted, it gets old, yeah. it gets tiresome, it wears you down. And you know what, as I said before, They've got to win this. Senior said, sorry, Neil, Senior said last night um, on the pink, and it was a really good point, that I think it suits us more to be chasing, and it does, because I think if we had, if we'd won yesterday, I'd be almost more nervous than I am now, of like, fucking hell, we've got to, we've got to keep hold of this, and every game becomes more of a, we can't lose it, we can't fail, whereas all we need to keep doing is just keep going every single week, winning games as we know we can win, and I just think, I don't know, chasing suits Liverpool much more than it does City, so it's fine. It's the psychology of, of carrying the carrying the, var, the yeah. valuable vars through the crowded room. Yeah. <laughs> Is, is the thing because yeah. right now they have hold of the Vars mm. and at some point if they drop it hopefully we catch it and then we manage to carry it the rest of the way but mm. that's the way in which it will be last little thing John is 2,800 Liverpool supporters there yesterday as we found out because they reduced the allocation uh, they also very kindly kept us in afterwards for congestion purposes which was just all a bit weird but all that to one side I felt uh, you and I stood together during the game very very high up but genuinely fortunate to be there it's the highest quality you'll ever see it is yeah and I think you know, I watched um, the, the Everton-Manchester United game on Saturday and, and, and all my nerves went away. I felt very nervous about the game Thursday and Friday and I watched it on Saturday. I watched Everton meet Man United on Saturday and I just thought, like, how can you be nervous tomorrow when you're going to go watch this? You could be you could be paying to watch this, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? To misquote Shankly, that's real precious, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit like that, and I was like, I don't mean it. So I went away, and I thought, you know, you got you got to go and watch, you know, one of. The, 
I mean, it's the greatest Liverpool team I've seen. There's, there's a lot of older fans than me sort of agree with that who, who, who lived through the 70s, 80s, you know, still think it's the greatest Liverpool side they, they've seen. This Manchester City team is one of the greatest sides English football have ever had. They're going head to head at the same time. It's it's a, it's bo- in both ways unfortunate to both, but also, you know, inevitable because they probably pushed themselves to that, to that level. And, you know, I didn't feel very well Sunday, but I was just like, you know, it was real peel yourself off your deathbed stuff and, and get there because, I, I, you know, I thought you regret it if if you don't go to this game, um, you know, come come the summer or whatever, or, or even in, in a few years' time, uh, because we don't know what's going to happen to to either these sides. Really, they might be broken up or, or, or kind of whatever. But they're going toe to toe at the moment. <laughs> They went toe to toe Sunday, you know. They went toe to toe in October. But it's it's two two all draws mm-hmm. with some brilliant football with some ridiculous goals uh, and and so so much talent and yeah it was it was great to watch you know I thought I thought you know the crowd w- w- made made a, you know a big impact as well like Amelia said you know they they started loud and noisy and you know you see things like Van Dyke putting the ball out of play you know for under no pressure and yeah. like like you said Amelia that's like you know we've done that to, to great defenders and you like pat yourselves on the back aren't you so you so you got to give credit the other way as well but I thought RM was brilliant and the new Jurgen songs flying and it was great when he come over at the end you know not in celebration as you say just to say like nice one and you know we still go we fight another day and that's that's what Sundays ends up being about for me is that you know we, 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 we fight another day and 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 that day's well just uh, Wednesday then Saturday <laughs> there is Stu a couple of little phases in the game um in the first half let's let's sort of break it down a little bit and the key question is nerves have been mentioned um the crowd's been mentioned but ultimately i think you know you look at how they end up setting up it's not too far away from being a 4-4-2 to be quite honest with you in terms of literally who's where they put silver right next to rodri and the two of them sweep every single loose ball up uh, that comes out through the game but the point is they don't do that by accident that was the city plan you're going to be in those areas you're going to be winning it back and for me they had a clear strategy for all breakdowns including especially set pieces which we'll come back on to but blocking the options and blocking the lanes I thought that they absolutely had that nailed first 15-20 uh, apart from the weird little spell between the two goals uh, where we got back on top I thought they absolutely throughout all the first half they had that nailed down they did they penned us in you're right they did block the lanes um, but they also found their lanes as well I thought I mean goes without saying but De Bruyne was, was, was incredible he was incredible and um he kept finding um, space down the sides of Fabinho. Um, and it wasn't Fabinho's greatest game. It wasn't his greatest half, um, certainly. Um, but the, what, you know, the, the, what, what, what Kevin De Bruyne can do when he's got time in the ball, when he finds that space there, it is, it is everything that Liverpool team do not need because we play this high line and the one thing the manager always talks about isn't it when you know we play that line the only way you can make that work is to make sure that the opposition don't have time on the ball to pick mm. the pass and time and time again De Bruyne will find a way mm. and that's the level of quality that you're playing against isn't it you know there's, at some point you have, to, you have to just acknowledge no matter what, you know how you try to mitigate it a player of that level of quality can still find a way mm. Um, so I, I thought I thought the way um, Guardiola had set up to do that, and then spring the offside trap with um, with the Bruyne uh, playing blind side balls behind the fullback was clever. Was clever, and it, and it worked. It worked to cut us open several times. But we've seen many many team across the season try to spring our offside trap. 
and they can't because they mm. don't have that level of quality that Manchester City possess and players like De Bruyne. Um, so I, I thought that was very very successful um, strategy from them. But also, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be unsaid really because we're the first ones to use it at Anfield. You mentioned it before, Amelia. The crowd, the home crowd, it does make a difference. They were up for it. I was there at 2019 as well, and they were up for it then. Yeah. I, you know, they're the, the two occasions when I really think actually they've they've created an imposing atmosphere. I think they've learnt from us. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to replicate that and and to try and level things up for their team on the pitch by creating something similar. Um, it's obviously a cheap knockoff, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but you know. Um, I think, you know, you can't underestimate the impact of that on the game and the speed at which they start the game. They're flying into everything. You're right, Neil, they were, pick, they were uh, blocking the passing lanes, they were penning us in, but they were first to every second ball as well through sheer desire, that force of will of the crowd, giving that, them that extra burst of energy. And also, when we get it in those situations... It makes us scramble. It makes us panic. Mm-hmm. We've seen the opposition teams suffer the same moments around field that we went through yeah. uh, there yesterday. So uh, it was a tough start, but but I also felt that regardless of all that, the speed of their first goal and the fact that it was quite frankly a pot shot. Really, it's a deflected pot shot that changes the course. Because if Liverpool ride that out for ten minutes, mm-hmm. if Liverpool can quiet the crowd down and get a foot on the ball survive that then it's a different game but they just didn't manage to do it I think the thing that I was struck by yesterday and it was just an incredible game of football to watch was just how intelligent they are and I think it's the first time this season well not the first time but the first time it's been so pronounced that we've come up against a side that are as intelligent in their play as we are yeah. but then and, and you're right that the things that normally catch other sides out you just can't get away with with them because they're just as clever as us and because they watch what we do and they found ways to get around it because they're, they're the best at it and that's great because we're also the best at it and that's why it comes away as a draw but I think that offside trap they do still fall into it once and that, that Sterling goal isn't a goal and when I was watching Match of the Day they were saying because they talk about it every single time they talk about Liverpool but they were saying about how um, oh, well, if it's down to just human error you're not getting away with that you know if it's not VAR making decisions but the point is it's not down mm. to human error now it is down to VAR and it's not accidental do you know what I, mean? I think people almost seem to talk about it in terms of we're lucky or we're somehow getting away with it with things like that but it's a very calculated and intelligent decision that Liverpool have made to go well it's not humans making these decisions anymore but it is but as in it's, it's lines being drawn and we categorically know that they will fall into that trap if we continue to lay it for them what's what's interesting that there is I think in part of City's intelligence is I think they play the marginal flag thing quite clearly that he's not going to stick his flag up. No, he's and not, it's, yeah. And that therefore then, what that means is they were almost quite happy to let play break back down, mm. but now we've got another 40, 50 yards up the pitch. Yeah. And I, you know, we're, we're happy if that just goes for a throw over there because it means that the flag then probably won't go up mm. We and it all restarts mm. from there. It was driving me a bit, you were next to me in the ground, John. I was firstly obsessed with yards, listening to the review <laughs> for more of that. But secondly, I was also repeatedly, these were just offside, mm. but the line is thinking, I don't want to put the flag up, I don't yeah. want to stop the play on the off chance I'm wrong. Mm. And I think City played that really cleverly and I think the other thing they played really cleverly then was from the restarts from set pieces and this is really weird because you end up almost acting like Guardiola's Allardyce here if you're not careful but from the set pieces and from the restarts I thought they were absolutely brilliantly placed to win the breakdown and then to have the additional runner which in the end is where their second goal comes from. Yeah I think the second goal is a set play they've almost conceded that ball going into the box that, that, that we're not going to win the first one but this is what we then do. yeah this is what we then do and and, and jesus times is run brilliantly doesn't he and because i just 
if that's not the plan, I don't see what Jesus is doing there. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Because he's, he's a number nine, do you know what I mean? And I know Mo Salah does some funky stuff at corners and hangs back a little bit, but that's to kind of to, to, to strike, you know, the, the the first ball coming out. It's not to it's not to get on the back of the, the other sort of second one. So I think it almost is a set players like, look, they're, they're really good at set, defending set pieces. You know, they're, they're, they're bigger than us. You know, one of Matip and, and Van Dijk are, are going to win this header, but... It, you know, if we, but it's going to go around here and then we'll sort of do that again. I think that was something that they've worked on and I think, you know, that is the intelligence that Emilia was talking about and, and the idea, you know, of, of, of how do we, you know, the marginal gains, you know, how do we how do we cope with the fact that, you know, we're, we're not going to necessarily win a lot, a lot of set pieces. We'll, we'll have to make something else happen instead. And they just are really clever and in the, in the ground, when we were watching it, I was getting frustrated a little bit with Liverpool that we weren't figuring it out better or quicker. But in the same way, in the same sort of, you know, on reflection, I guess, you know, there's no practice playing against a team like that. Like, who would a bit like City? There's absolutely no one. Do you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, but even yeah, even even we're we're sort of doing it in, yeah. a, in a different sort of way, really. And so, there's no like, there's no sort of City light really. Of like, oh, oh, well, Aston Villa do a bit of that, just not as well. The 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 they're such a unique football team, you know, sort of with the ball and without it. That that a sort of get that. You know they did struggle with it for, for sort of long periods really because there wasn't oh yeah well we do this and and i don't think they went long um uh, quick enough to be honest with you i don't think we used manny and salah as an out ball you know enough um you know early but i get why they backed themselves at the same time and that, that is what they were sort of doing really because they're top players and and and, and they, 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 you know they've got to where they are by backing themselves really so i think i think you can be overly harsh on the first half performance i think and, and look that was me in the ground to a certain degree because i was you know you're getting frustrated you kept turning over the ball and and, and as you say the territory thing you know was was was, was wearing us down really but i think we'll be in a much better position now next saturday mm. I think I think this I think the, the weak gap between these two games does Liverpool more of a favour than Man City because I, I sort of feel they're showing their hand now. And don't get me wrong, it's a brilliant hand. I'd just play it again if I was them as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, um, but but I think I think we'll have learnt a lot from that game, and, and, and you know we, we've almost got a week to prepare for it as well because I don't imagine they're doing loads on Benfica. Mm. Uh, you know, because we just played them and we've just beat them, so you know, the, the obviously you know you need to go out there and get a result. But you know, I'll be shocked if we're if we're going into training today. Um, well, today will be a recovery day, but Tuesday and going right, Benfica's shape. Do you mm. know what I mean? I'll be absolutely yeah. shocked. It'll be all about it'll be all about Saturday, and it'll be all about okay, they did that. It was dead hard, wasn't it? Mm. Um, it was dead hard to get through. How, how do we do it better? Mm. There will be an element of that, Stu. I thought the. Interestingly, I was the I thought they really targeted Fabinho in a way that it was about stopping the ball getting to Thiago. I think I think they they they, they, they didn't want the ball at Thiago's feet, but they didn't want to have to deal with Thiago. So for me, what was interesting was I thought they put a load of pressure on Van Dijk at times. They put a load of pressure on Fabinho. I think Van Dijk was rattled. I think Fabinho arguably has his worst half of football since Arsenal in eighteen nineteen. Mm. To be quite honest with you, like you know when he, we all came out of the Etihad, sort of the Emirates that day, but like whoa, what happened mm. there? He, he struggles with it massively. And I don't think, I don't think Thiago particularly helps him in that scenario. I don't think Henderson has a good first half at mm. all. So he ends up, Fabinho, I think, just being a little bit marooned, often looking up with no options on and about to be harassed by one 
and with no obvious ball to play in. And I think that that's something which Liverpool may well have to think about because that's something which other sides may decide is a is a little pathway for them as well. Yeah, I, I think I think you've nailed it there. To be honest with you, they they recognise that. I think particularly when when. When Jota plays as well, Liverpool, you mentioned um, there about not going as direct to, to Mane and Salah, but I always think that with Firmino, we've got that, we're, we're better in that option really because he's an out, he can, that he can hold the ball and link the play. And when we play Jota, listen, as great as he is, you know, what a goal scorer. At the end of the day, he doesn't provide what Firmino does. Mm. And, you know, I think we, we then have to pass through the thirds to get up the pitch and and I think that that was very much the tactical plan, and and they swamped us. They made sure that couldn't happen by swamping us early with a with a, a really awesome high press. To be fair, it's one of the best presses I've seen from City against Liverpool. It was really really good. Um, targeted for being, as, as you said, Van Dijk was the most flustered I think I've ever seen him. Um, and and you can understand why they didn't want to get the ball to Thiago because Pep absolutely adores Thiago. He was the one player um, that he insisted on. Um, by Munich bringing um, when they got him for, uh, from Barcelona um, and you know I think we, we, we can see in just in the moments where Thiago does have space does have time on the ball even a split second he's capable in just the same way uh, of De Bruyne is with that level of quality. Mm. I mean, that that, that crossfield switch to, for Trent um, for the first goal was was just it was something else, wasn't it? It was just a thing of beauty. Um, but you know, if you, if you can get him off the ball and you and if you can. Um, if you can hassle up Fabinho the way we, where they did, then it is going to cause us problems, and we we couldn't get out, and they were there to pick up the pieces relentlessly. It's it'll throw up questions about Liverpool's midfield, John. Uh, in in a number of senses, um, some people will immediately move towards the notion of ins and outs around that because, you know, as you said before, uh, you do what Manchester City do brilliantly in these massive games is they make make you immediately look at your own players and go, okay, you know what's happening. But the thing for me is the way they play and the nature of their footballers. I feel like almost everyone who plays for City, with the possible exception of um, of basically he's us. Sterling and Kyle Walker is effectively a midfielder, which helps. You know, their their whole focus is we midfield. Yeah. That's what they've done this season. They would love probably to have added the striker Kane in the summer, and you can sort of see why again. But I think if Kane plays there, or a better example is if Aguero plays there, I actually think they have less control because they have one fewer attacking midfielder sort of type on the pitch in order to retain that control. And that to me is the thing. And I think it's I think we've got to take a breath on this. Our manager, I think, does not commit to the midfielding as much as their manager does. Uh, our outlook. Is not our approach is not as midfield heavy as their approach is. We know it's important and we want to win the battle in there, but we pick forwards and we pick defenders. They to me are the side that, as I say, it's like seven and a half midfielders you're dealing with. So of course it feels as time at times as though they've got an extra man. Yeah, and also the the ones they've got it. Are almost sort of free midfielders in one sort. Yeah. So some of them, uh, I don't think he'd have picked Kane by the way, even if they'd have bought him uh, in that game for the for exact reasons you're saying. But he's not got him, and and, and so that's a uh, you know. And we well, it's interesting. Doesn't pick Grealish, and Grealish barely influences the player, does a yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, he paid, spent a hundred million on him. Yeah, but um, but someone like Bernardo Silva, for example, who's I mean, he's an exceptional footballer, but he's also just so smart. But he's but he's doing about three different things on the pitch there. Like he's supporting Rodri when he needs to. He's coming back. He's he's providing. 
that. He's he's giving them shape. He's pressing, but also he's picking up little pockets of space when when they've when they've got the ball. And and so he's he, he needs looking after, but he's but but he's a pain in the ass for you mm. as well. And, and so so someone like I thought Bernardo Silva was excellent in the game as he always seems to be against against Liverpool. And I mean it's mad to think he'd sort of nearly let him go, but I mean I sort of suppose I, I really know what's going on. I only really notice him, you know, what, what's going on when he's playing against Liverpool, and, and he's always very effective. But I think he wanted to go, maybe go back to, to to go and live somewhere else. Basically, that was yeah. the thing. But Guardiola didn't want rid of him. Far yeah, from it. yeah. Well, he's well, he's well. It's it's all it's all sorts of now, isn't it? Which is a pain for Liverpool because he's. I thought he was exceptional, but he's he's you know the, the best example of. You know, and they've got a few of them. Um, don't get me wrong, but but are able to do three or four different jobs on the pitch that Guardiola wants him to do, really, rather than just your standard player who's like, yeah, this is what I'm about. Phone. Yeah, Foden's another, another isn't he? Yeah, yeah, you know, next off the production line for them there. You know, after after David Silva's gone, Bernardo Silva's now, but you know, taking that role if you like, multifunctional, incredible levels of talent, and also a narc. I would love him at Liverpool, by the way. Yeah. You know, he's he's one of them. You love to hate him, but you'd love to love him as well, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? He's just one of them. Um, and and Foden is is, is going to be one of those types of players as well. And, and by the way, I just thought. He, he was the one I was he was one of the ones I was most worried about yesterday Foden and actually I felt we kept him fairly quiet I mean it's, it's the quietest he's been against us absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean we're talking about Silva we're talking about De Bruyne but I think it's also worth commenting on the fact that actually the, in the front areas although they had so much the ball and they were able to damage us from the midfield passion to release the front players I actually don't think the front players actually were able to do an awful lot of damage against us in play. Mm. And that, that, that is worth pointing out, and that's sort of the point for me, Amelia, and that's the conversation, is you can basically say, is this a get-better midfielders conversation? Well, you'd always like to improve any level you're at, to an extent, if you can. Is it a have-a-different-approach situation? Or is it accept we placed our chips on forwards and defenders situation? I think there's a little bit of all three, as there always is in these conversations. But, you know, for me, that is the, that is the difference. They've chosen this thing, but then you're then able to come back and go, but they didn't create a load of clear-cut opportunities. But the flip side is, with us, you feel as though when we can get the ball to those players in games of that magnitude, we are just about to create a clear-cut opportunity because that's what our players do. Well, that's what you said at the start about how razor-sharp Liverpool are when it does come to that. I mean, and that's because if we put our chips on defenders and on forwards, then that's absolutely fine by me because it works for us when it works. And I think that's the only issue is because, because of that different approach and because of the different way they've set up, it frustrates us, but it, it doesn't dominate us because the point is it's kind of equally matched in the decisions that we've made there but yeah I think when we're talking about the, the kind of the selection questions that there were both before the match yesterday and then afterwards when people are picking it apart it's it's not so much the midfield where you talk about what we could have done differently because I guess I don't know who else I would have chosen that would have made it any different for Liverpool um, and similarly I wouldn't I wouldn't have changed the way that, that we came out at all but I think that there were a lot more choices for the front three and I guess you could have played about a little bit with, with who's next to Van Dijk basically is the only thing that you might potentially have changed and I wouldn't have changed it for the record but I just think in the midfield I don't know I don't know what we would have done differently that would have changed things. Um, what does change then second half, John? Um, I think Liverpool choose to do a bit less messing about deeper. I think the other thing that happens, and let's just be frank about this, a goal always helps. Yeah. Um, a goal always helps. And I think that settled everyone and it made them go, what, the worst thing that could have happened happened. Almost everything that this fella's just said to us at half time, I'm sure it was great, but it, it suddenly feels not, you know, he's talked about, he's probably talked about sustaining this performance and, 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 and keeping, the, keeping the buffer in and looking to extend it. And suddenly this has happened. So I think that helps. But I actually think that on reflection, Salah and Mane are 
terrific second half. Suddenly so is Kyle Walker, don't get me wrong, but Salah and Mane are absolutely terrific second half in terms of being much more available as an outlet, getting us up the pitch. And I hate to say it, I hate to be the fellow who says <laughs> everything I was saying in the ground was right, but suddenly Liverpool are winning yards. And yards, and again, it's not Allardyce football this, but suddenly yards matter and they matter to Liverpool, I think. Yeah, 100%, because when we're in the final third, we were causing them problems. So in a really basic way, just be in the final third as much as you can. Uh, because when we were there, you know, it was a, it was a pain for Liverpool. And, you know, uh, on the yards thing, I couldn't believe how many times, you know, the first half where we'd, we'd get a throw in and, and Trent would end up taking it 20 yards deeper just to get a quick one to, 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 to Van Dijk. And then Van Dijk goes back to keep it. I'm like, no, we don't want this. Not today. In their half, take it in. It went out in their half, take it in their half, yeah, stay in their half. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then see, see if they like it and, and, and there's so many times we, we sort of weren't doing that and I think second half we were a bit more sort of percentage about what, what we were doing really and, and, and a bit more sort of you know, let's get it up there and, and see what happens and see, see what we what problems we're able to cause for them because you know those two, two players that that you talked about there, Salah and Manny, you can almost throw them anything and they come out with the ball or a foul or something, don't they? So so let's use that. You know, we didn't have, you know, Joshua hasn't got the same level of it as Firmino, as Stu says before, but you, you've got the other two. So so let's sort of use that really. And I think they did much more. But as you say, the goal is massive because they were probably at half time going, how are we only 2-1 up there? Or we might, we might, might pay for that and then boom, straight away they did. And so it's a bit like, you know, they've gone from probably doing their own heads in a bit at half time, you know, privately. Obviously, you know, the, they're not saying that they're probably saying oh you know same again boys and, and stuff like that I'm sure there's a bit more to it than that <laughs> <laughs> but um, here's one, one of my uh, one of my championship manager half time team <laughs> uh, same again lads uh, but, but you know but uh, what, you, what you're saying what you think is different isn't it in these situations and I think a lot of them think are oh, we only two one we should be more you know they, they could they, they could really you know make us pay for that and then they would do you know they, they made it as pay before you know before you know it and so so i, th I think that the, the goal is is a big a big psychological thing and and but but yeah it was it was a completely different half and i think liverpool were just a bit braver a bit more sensible and um i think they did tired as well like you said before did you feel like sadio i know we said there was less messing about deeper but did you feel like sadio was tracking back more during the second half i felt like he made a lot of a lot of the opportunities and a lot of the best things that happened started with sadio much further back so, than I would have expected to have seen him at that point. I think there's an element to that, but I think the other thing he's doing is he's just match, he's just decides, and I don't, listen, you know, Sadio scores, I'd point that out as well, but I think, you know, the Sadio versus Kyle Walker thing, mm -hmm. it's a draw, if you know, yeah, but, yeah. but it being a draw helped us massively mm -hmm. because in the first half at times it felt like, well, Kyle, can, Kyle Walker can go where he wants. Second half, there's less of that. Sadio goes with him a little bit more, but yeah. also he's then very available and Kyle Walker's suddenly thinking, I'm going to got a problem going the other way here big time. And then Diaz, whilst I don't think Diaz does a lot mm -hmm. when he comes on, I think the other thing he does is he keeps Walker really honest because Kyle Walker's thinking this fella's lightning mm -hmm. and he can get away from me and if he does I'm in trouble so I think that what we actually do I think Cancelo's less influential I think creatively second half because suddenly there's more Mo Salah mm -hmm. so he's got to deal with this and I'm not saying that you know Salah doesn't have him on toast or anything like that he's not making a show of him but I think that suddenly they're players who were mm -hmm. able first half to think I've almost got the run of the pitch here mm -hmm. second half are going I've got a contest and that to me is that is what we do change to it does become a contest there's more Thiago in the game I think he's the one of the midfield three who stands up first I think that then the other two improve I actually think when we take Henderson off he's in the process of playing his best football uh, across the course of the match but obviously there might be a sports science reason for that and I wasn't <laughs> against seeing Kaita come on but I think you got to see Thiago improved then you saw Fabinho improve Henderson improves 
I'll say again, Salah and Mane are, are, are offering this very specific challenge in there as well. And I think that all of that suddenly means Liverpool are 20 yards high of the pitch, both in and out of possession. There's a higher line second half, but it works. They catch Sterling offside. And that to me, you know, everything that Liverpool do, it's one step at a time. The goal helps. They take steps forward and suddenly look a better side. Yeah, the goal the goal definitely helps. It, it definitely helps. But I think uh, I think as well, like, like we were saying at the beginning, I do think that Liverpool's, the team talk, I think largely will have revolved around imposing their will sticking mm. to the game plan but actually being braver you mentioned there they were they were way higher up the pitch they were taking every opportunity to, and even you know you what you are walking a tightrope you're not walking a tightrope you're playing the highest quality football on a tightrope and it's dead hard to trap a ball on a tightrope <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think like you know you, you are playing that high up the pitch you are going to get exposed at times but Liverpool are willing to take that risk for all the reasons we spoke about before even with the quality that that, that City have got and ultimately, you know, when we were saying before about how much they were midfielding, and actually you were saying, Neil, about, you know, it's not really about that for us. It's um, we can just call, we can be more of a problem. Our forwards did cause them more of a problem with less of the ball. And we only see, saw that increase in the second half, even though we still didn't have anything like the ball that they, you know, they had overall. And I'm, I know we had a drink yesterday, so I might have made this up, but I'm pretty sure that I saw um, RXG was higher. RXG was higher than the City. Not by the end. point where it was, but, uh, right. but the Mara's chance at the end that, is that a hugely just, valuable opportunity. Right. Uh, so that by, that by then. But you're talking an injury time at that point, so over the course of the game... And you're also talking about the fact that because Jota doesn't get a shot off when he's one-on-one, -on -one, that yeah. doesn't count towards expected goals. And there's a couple of other little elements like that where Liverpool don't quite get the shot off, so it never becomes... It never it never lashes itself into the metric. Right. So... But over the course of the game, when you hear that, you know, the, the broader narrative, obviously, is that City, you know, City will be kicking themselves. They didn't win. Well, actually, do you know what? We had some pretty good chances ourselves. And we don't have to play. We don't have to judge ourselves by the same barometer as Manchester City because we play a different way. We judge ourselves by actually what we do create in the, in a manner that we can create it. And the way we can impose our will and control the game by pushing up and squeezing the play. They've got themselves in a situation where, on the idea that they they tire, we've seen it in the past. The, 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 if if you take sort of the, if you take literally the goals away on all sides, it's not a dissimilar game to the three 0 in seventeen eighteen at Anfield, John. Where first half we do absolutely swamp them. The crowds at our back were all over them. Second half were. We're not hanging on for dear life. We're competitive within the game. We still carry a bit of a threat within the game, but we're not the force we were first half. And the ebbs and flows, it feels a little bit like that, but with them on top in the second half there. And and that's something when you do have the crowd to your back, when you do go all in. And I've, we've seen Liverpool sides, and 17 18 is a really good example of it. The number of times that Liverpool sides, you get to 60 and you sort of have an awareness, we're shot here. We're really, really tired. And I really think that that happens to them. And it's interesting because they've got, they've got us, they've, they've just had us Sunday, they've got Atletico Madrid on Wednesday, and and then they've got us again on the Saturday. And I, you know, I, th I think if they're, if they're going to approach these games like this, there's, there's a point where that breaks you a little bit. And that's that's one of the other things I think from that is I just think that, as I say, they get to 60 and they are all almost looking at each other like, where's where's the next? Apart from Big Kev, because he's absolutely, he's a relentless footballer machine of brilliance. The rest of them to me just all look a little bit like, where's where's our next moment of inspiration coming from here lads where's the next thing that picks us up yeah but i think they'd have been semi-aware of that oh, I, I think, think so too, i yeah. think you know you, you you gamble don't you do you know what i mean it's not you're not like just sprinting off at the start of the marathon presuming it'll be fine yeah. do you know what i mean you, you, you're aware of uh, and the manager will be aware and the players will be aware of of you know the the, the repercussions of, of starting how they did of putting so much into that game as they did they just would have backed themselves to 
to to be to be leading in the game, and then you know if they if they're two 0 up on sixty, then a you you, so you feel a bit less tired because yeah. you win, and but also you know they know how to sort of see that game out. They could have frustrated us, they could have slowed it down. Whereas instead, they need a goal, and then, and then you are sort of looking around and going, we thought we'd be two 0 up here, or we thought we'd be at least a goal up, and we're not. And Liverpool are, are looking dangerous, and and you know they've got lads to come off the bench, and yes, yeah, so we. But but as you say, there was a couple of times where they attacked in that moment, and it was almost like. You know, they're looking around at each other and going, who, who kind of sorts this really? Which you never really see with Man City, but that's tiredness of mind as well as tiredness of body, really. So I think, I think the, yeah, as I say, they want to be, they want to be unawares that uh, the, a, a drop in energy w- w- is inevitable. It, I think they just would have backed themselves to be in a, in a better position to cope with it when it happened. I know that they have one chance right at the end, but I think even with how intense it was and how difficult it was. Right up until the very last minutes, I still fully believe that we were going to get one last goal. And I think the point is, so did every single Liverpool player on the pitch. Like, yeah. they're playing right until the very end of injury mm. time. Right to the last throw and they're going, well, we're still in here. And well, we've still got a chance part to part City happen. get in is Liverpool have, uh, there's a couple of times where City nearly get in when they actually do get in. Part of why they've got in is because Liverpool have, have pushed so many men forward. Yeah, Liverpool, yeah, yeah. We're Liverpool, still Liverpool are fully committed, aren't they? Fully committed to it. And I think that they, there was, um, I can't remember what the numbers of um, goals were that came up on the screen, but it was talking about after 76 minutes in a game, how many more goals Liverpool score, have scored this season than Man City. And it, it's because that's how it always feels that we've got a little bit of a madness left in us and we've got a little bit of something one final flourish that will make it happen and it did it felt right until the end for me anyway like there was still hope and it could still be 3-2 I know I think that that's absolutely there and that's one of the reasons why you know I think I think 80 is interesting it's again it, the bits of it reminds me a little bit of the Stamford Bridge game earlier in the season but I think 80 is interesting Stu in that suddenly I think we're then tired as well mm. and that's why I, I, I was thinking it's, it's coming it's coming and then we get to about 80 and I think they're quite good they're better than us from 80 to 90 but I actually think we're better in injury time in the board comes up and it's almost like our lads go alright well, one last big push but then that's ironically how they get in and mm. you know there's it's it's a strange strange little way in which in which in which that you know the energy ebbs and flows I think in these games and it's a real reminder you know you are watching the very best against one another because you see the ebb and flow when both of these sides play against Man United for instance I bet they're shattered on 80 but they don't look it anymore or they don't feel as though they need to be because they can just look after the ball and manage it all the way out and you know the two or three goals clear so you never even notice in games like this is when you notice what the physical exertions do to the players it's not just the physical as well though is it yeah. you know the, 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 the physical manifests itself because a lot of the time because the mental as well I mean so to be that switched on out to touch which I thought was interesting Rodri does a couple of switches he just overhits them and he's like Oh, what's wrong with me here? I've been great for 75. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just mentally fatigued, you know. I think, um, you know, there is that element. And I, I, I agree, actually, it was a little bit in that last 20, a little bit, right? You know what? You have a 10 now because we're knackered. <laughs> <laughs> and then on 80, you know, it went back the other way. And I, I do think uh, that was the case. But I was, and the second half, and particularly the last half an hour, with the exception of maybe injury time, was probably the most calm I was during the entire. Was. I did during yeah. the entire game and the entire build-up. Um, I really felt even when they were dominating the little patches again. I still felt no, we've got this, we've got this, and 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 that's why. To be honest, even though it stayed the way it was, and you know we didn't sneak a winner. I still felt buoyed by the end of it. I still felt, all right, I'm signed with that now. Actually seeing how that, how it's played out psychologically as well, uh, more than anything, um, and seeing how desperate they were right at the end to still try and, and push to finish us off. They couldn't finish us off. Mm. They couldn't do it. No matter what they threw at us, they couldn't knock us down. Mm. 
that then throws open, you know, I don't want to, we'll build up to next uh, to next week's game, John, and any potential Champions League final, we'll build up to it obviously in more detail as, as it gets closer, there's a game against Benfica to come first, we will go on and talk about that, but it does throw open the idea we might play them twice more. Do you think we'll be looking at a couple of things being differently? You said before you think they played the hand, it's a brilliant hand, they'll keep playing that hand I think to an extent. I think the Cup semi-final could be really odd, not least because I've not really got a handle on the selection, likely selection patterns for both managers, it's possible that they think they can rest a couple in this, that if the going to get an opportunity because what they also now know both of them is we've got seven league games to win that you know the the cup semi-finals Saturday we play Man United on the Tuesday night mm. they'll know that Klopp obviously knows that he can literally read a fixture list he's not stupid so they'll know what this is now going to be and I think that that's why I, I think the semi-final might be a really strange game of incredibly good football if you know what I mean I've got no sense of no handle on what it'll be as a football match at this point no, and it's a fair point, and, and I haven't really considered that Man United game because, you know, I haven't think about Benfica before then and, and, and how, you know, that is an opportunity to maybe to rest a couple. Uh, but then, is, you know, are you better resting or playing, you know, in, in this scenario, really? Um, it's, it's, it's a tough one, and, and it'll, it'll probably just judge it on a player-by-player -player basis, really, and, and, and the fact that, you know, even if our squad is great and massive, you know, you sort of end up having to pick a few of them, um, at, at least. And so it'd be interesting to see how he how approaches Wednesday, but then Saturday, I'd have no issues with them going same team again because I think they'll they'll do it better and I say they'll have learned and they'll have played again. So, you know, if, if I see the exact same team, on Saturday, I'll be completely fine with it because I don't. I don't think we need to necessarily solve the problems we had at the weekend with with different personnel. I think it's just it's just learning, and no one will have learned more than than the lads who were mm. on the pitch. That said, um, there is the game on Tuesday, and then there's also I think both managers will have a bit of an element of. I wouldn't mind surprising the other one with something. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what, what, what both Guardiola and Klopp will be thinking about. Well, maybe I'll just throw something in where an hour before they go, well, fucking hell, I didn't think he was going to do that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or, have, we got a, have we got a plan for him? He's, yeah. uh, is, is he playing on that side or that side? Do you know what I mean? Something like that will, will really tempt mm -hmm. both managers as well, especially if there is a Champions League final to come because it's almost like you double bluff then, isn't it? Yeah, then you get yeah. to the Champions League final and everyone's like, oh, is he going to... You know which 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 ones which ones are going to do sort of thing. So I think with the long game, so I think that both managers will be attempted attempt just to just to throw one in there. They weren't necessarily expecting, but but who that is, I don't know. I'm now weirdly looking forward to the semi final more, Amelia. In that, I sort of what as Stu was saying there, you've looked at it, you've been terrified by it. But it's almost like an inoculation. You're out the other side of it now. You know, you've 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 gone through the whole process. This one's at Wembley. Listen, we might lose, uh, but. I'm actually just really looking forward to that game next Saturday. As, as you know, it's almost the nearest thing you get to Test cricket. This at the very highest <laughs> level, of, at the very highest level of football now. In that, I'm going to Edgbaston. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing us test ourselves again, again against them. Them test themselves again against us, and that's just nice <laughs> for want of a better word it's literally just nice to be coming out thinking yeah alright we did that out the other side of that nothing's gone nothing's over here let's do it again next Saturday lads and let's see where the way it goes yeah absolutely and I think aside from the entire time feeling sick to my stomach I did really enjoy it because it was a brilliant <laughs> game of football and we get to watch like how lucky are we? like you said we could have been watching Everton United but instead we get to watch Liverpool versus Man City and that's the quality of football that we get to enjoy every single week and I do think that they've, they've showed their hand and by that I, I, I agree and I think it also means they don't really have they've got 
anywhere else to go in the same way that Liverpool have. Obviously, they can make changes and they can do things differently. But I think we've got a lot of different places that we can go and we've got a lot of other things that we can throw at them and we can surprise them in a way that I don't think they have the capacity to surprise us. They can be as brilliant as they were there. They can change the formula slightly, but it'll be largely the same, whereas we can do something entirely different. And I think that'll just wreck Pep's head if we do. I love this idea that they've shown the hand, uh, whereas I think we can and we will shuffle the deck. I think we've got five cards to play, and you know we've got seven to play really. But you've got five real nailed on in the forward line, who it's hard to pick between. Mm. And you know I, I mentioned before, I, I would like to see Bobby play in the semi final. I'd like to see him play against. I think he should be on the pitch when we play Manchester City. That you know that. That's you wondered about this. There was this rumor of a little injury or something in the build. Well, yeah, wasn't it? supposedly didn't train Friday or Saturday. So whether mm-hmm. that was a factor in. Yeah, in the minutes that he may got, well be, and may many. well that will mean that he does play in the semi final. Yeah. I would like, I would very much like to see that. And I think there's, I think the the uh, is the Joker in the pack. Though I'm going yeah. very heavy on the cards. I started. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think Diaz is is a, another one. Wild card. Stop it, Jimmy. Stop it. <laughs> um, I do, I do think he is the one who could surprise them. Um, to you know, to reflect on what you were saying before, John. Um, I think he is the one that. That Manchester City might feel a little bit in the wide open spaces of Wembley. He might be something that they and you know they played against Liverpool so many times over the years. They know each other inside out. They don't know Diaz that much. He scored against. He scored against them, hasn't he? He's he's got form against City, and they don't know him that well. Um, And I I think you've almost got to capitalise on that to an extent. I mean, we've seen that since January. He's been such a threat Mm -hmm. uh, in in the Premier League. He's been something different. Liverpool, uh, the the media, other fans, other teams, they're so used to what Liverpool's front three has been, and now there's something a little bit different, a little bit of different type of energy there. Um, and yeah, I, I would quite like to see him. Whether it's whether it's from the bench or not, I'm not sure. But I would definitely, as I said, like to see Bobby on Saturday. Okay, uh, Benfica. Then it becomes a bit of a sports science question, Stu, to an extent. It's a chance across two games, possibly to rest a few. There's five subs in play, but it's still a Champions League quarter final. We don't want to dangle any hope in their general direction. I think it's fair to say. So I think he'll go pretty strong against Benfica might make two or three changes and have his eye on making another four from the bench if Liverpool can put the game to bed early yeah I think he'll go pretty strong I would I would. there'd probably be two maybe three positions I'd look at maybe I'd probably um, rest Matip um, because I think you've, you've still got to wrap him in cotton well you've still got to look after him haven't you and Canate did he had a mixed game didn't he the week so you know he, he could potentially play him again or even Gomez at centre half you know would, would that be the right time actually maybe to, alongside Van Dijk in a game like this at home we've got a little bit of a lead already maybe that's the right time to let him play in his, in his uh, more natural position I would rest Mo against Benfica mm. I'd go very strong but it'd be it'd probably be Mo Thiago and Matip that I'd be looking to to rest them and as you say you've got five subs you've got to be, you know so it's all in your hands yeah it's uh, yeah it's, you're not talking wholesale changes for Benfica I don't think I, I can't see him doing you know 11 and, and you know and going like it's a you know an FA Cup game in Oscar Forest or something like that um, they were quite strong in that I suppose in he as well but 
but you know what I'm saying. I think I think Mo. The only thing is, you might be thinking, "Well, I'd love to get him a goal." Mm-hmm. And so and so, I think. But but then you can give him 20 minutes at the end of the mm-hmm. game and then see if see if see if sort of happens there. You know, it is becoming a bit of a thing. He's you know, played so much football, John. I think yeah, he has me. He has me. Yeah, but uh, I just I just think you actually, know, he played well yesterday though. Yeah. Yeah. I think couple of, like for instance at Watford, I didn't think he played well. I think, but like he wasn't great in front of uh, and at Benfica, he wasn't great in front of goal, but he wasn't great at other things oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I think he, you know he plays the great ball for Mane. I felt he actually just has a good game. He has a yeah. seven or eight, if you know what I mean, for me, Salah yesterday. So that's why I think I probably would start Salah and have the idea of giving him an hour mm. rather than anything else. That's, I would mm. start him because I think the goal would help, but I think also just keeping him, keeping him feeling like he's playing well would be mm. no bad thing, mm. I think. He can't do 90. No, no, he I can't do 90. You've got or 45. It's, you mm. know, we've seen him do that before. If it's 2 or 3 0 Liverpool at half time, which it might be, the manager's well within his rights there, then I think to go, okay, mm. I'll do 2 or 3 at half time. Who else would you move move, move along? Either of you, Amelia first. But I was just going to say, I think you can have a bit more of a conversation with Mo about resting for Benfica than you could for a game like City. I think like there, there was some chat around whether or not he should be starting on City, and he absolutely should have been starting that fixture. Mm. Just I think the status of it and everything else around it, and also this idea of yeah, it's becoming a bit of a thing, and City would have been the perfect place to put that to bed because the kind of the narrative around it, it's not been quite working for him, and then he gets a goal at City would have been absolutely incredible. But I think you could have a bit more of a chat with Mo about I'm going to rest you for this one because I really need you for everything else. I don't think he will. And I do think that he needs to rest him for at least part of it. But I think you could almost have a bit more of a word with him around that and would go, look, you're exhausted. You just need a bit of a rest. Yeah, I think so. I think I think either decision sort of makes sense to me. And there's there's arguments sort of two two or or, or for and against. Um, and I think uh, as well at the back, I think we're going to see a bit of James Milner at some points. Yeah. Um, so that might well be sort of Wednesday night. Kaita's starting as well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Playing so well. Yeah, Kaita will start. I think he might do. I think he might do Kaita Milner and and play Henderson six and give Fabinho a bit of a rest. That he, he may do, but you know that that is, that is sort of an option available to to, to him. And, and you might see a bit of Chimikas uh, maybe as well. Uh, although Andy Robertson <laughs> doesn't look like he's desperate for a rest, but just sort of looking ahead mm-hmm. and looking at what is what is ahead where really he might do that. Okay then, uh, we're all, we all are as confident as you can be in a, ch- a quarterfinal, second leg Champions League game. We're going through. Yeah, the win. No one's, yeah. no one's, no, 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 no nerves knocking around for that one. There were nerves yesterday, but it was the absolute business. It really was. It was a fantastic game of football. Uh, use any card metaphor you like. Full house. Snap. Yeah, you can, you can absolutely <laughs> fill your boots with any of them, uh, any of them that you want. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, there are 21 points left to play for. 21 uh, can Liverpool get blackjack see you later <laughs>